Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is Ethan Skolnick for Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Also check out Five Reasons Sports for all of our latest content. It is always free. Now today's episode is a little bit different. We've been doing these Floors Yours episodes on our YouTube channel. Make sure you check that out. That, of course, is free as well. And we've been deciding to put them on the podcast feeds afterwards. So if you are listening to this now on any of our podcast feeds, understand that technically this will not be quite as perfect as what you're accustomed to with our podcast. But hopefully you enjoy it. We had a lot of fun with Clay Ferraro, and we bring that to you now. I want to introduce you to another of the great new sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network, and it is a sponsor that would be important in any time if you want to have a beautiful workspace, but it's especially important now when you need a safe one as well, and that's safecubbies.com, which offers modular office solutions designed to elevate your open office into a modern and safe environment at any budget. You can personalize your workspace with options like whiteboards, magnetic panels, acrylic sheets, and graphic branding. Most of the surfaces are non-porous for easy cleaning and can be removed or replaced within minutes. Now, this is for workplaces. They've got a bunch of different options on their professional series, but also they've got private room solutions, dividers and sneeze guards, and they have a classroom series as well. So if you're involved with a school, this is definitely something your school should check out, of course, if we have school in the fall. And that's the point here. We're entering a new normal period with COVID-19, safecubbies.com, which is locally owned is the place that you want to go. The phone number is 754-216-1071. Again, that's 754-216-1071 or safecubbies.com. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a Miami Heat and NBA podcast from Ethan Skolnick with Alvon Sidney, a.k.a. Alf954. Brought to you by the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, welcome in to Floors Yours. This is our usual Thursday episode here. That's when we record this thing on our YouTube channel. Thanks to everybody who's been subscribing to our YouTube channel. Now over 4,500 subscribers. Thank you also to the Miami Heat uh, for forcing you people to actually consume Heat content by the way that they've played so far in the postseason. Uh, now 6-0. and We, of course, in addition to being on the YouTube channel and on our podcast feeds where we are going to put this up so you can listen to this overnight, we are also on Dash Radio every day, 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. to 8 a.m. Pacific. Download the Dash Radio app for free and then search for the Nothing But Net channel, Nothing But Net, no G at the end, and you will find us, again, every day, 10 to 11 a.m. All right, today, and I'm going to get to our sponsor in a second, you will see if you're watching us on the YouTube channel, we look a little bit different. Um, one of the four boxes is a little paler than it you typically is. Uh, we've got underneath me, Greg Sylvander. Uh, he's got the guts. Uh, he's right there for you. Alex Toledo, on time, locked and loaded in the Black Lives Matter shirt on my right. 
And then replacing Alphonse Sidney, who's taking a night off after having our most successful stream ever. People, <laughs> people think I fired him um, because I, I'm pissed that he's been more successful than me as a host. Did you pull a James Harden? Like what do you do with Chris Paul? <laughs> That's exactly right. I, 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 I sent him away. But uh, no, actually, Alf's just taking the night off. He'll be back with us. So replacing him is our guy Clay Ferraro. You can find him at WPLG Channel 10, of course. He's on Sunday with Will Manso. Uh, we were hoping to get both of you guys on, but Will big-timed us. So, <laughs> so we got Clay. Clay, thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. Anytime. Two things. Number one, nobody replaces Alf. So let's let's get that out of the way really quickly. Secondly, you don't understand, man. Will had a, and this is a true story, Will had a very stressful day. First off, he's having to do the whole uh, virtual learning thing. His, his yeah. kids are in uh, Miami-Dade school, so that's been really stressful. But secondly, for the first time in about a decade, he went to a baseball card store and he found a box of 2020 Tops baseball cards. And so like earlier today, he had this rush of opening the wax box. First time he's had it for a decade and he pulled nothing. So I think he's a little disappointed <laughs> because of that. And so I think he's like nursing a wound, but uh, I'll try to I'll try to carry on for him. Uh, no, that's all right. I, it's been a long time since I opened baseball cards, although I did have the complete 85, 1985 rookie set that had Dwight Gooden and Daryl Sherby on it and it's somehow been misplaced or else I would have been retired a whole long time ago. Um, also, if the two of them hadn't had drug issues and their careers had gone the way you anticipated, I probably would have been richer, but it, it is what it is. All right, let's get to our sponsor today and then we're going to get to what we're doing. And I've got a beer here. I'm going to, Alex told me to make sure I have the label turned the correct way. Biscayne Bay Brewing. This is the official craft beer of Inner Miami and the Miami Marlins and also Five Reasons Sports. This is South Florida's actual independent brewery. I know there's another brewery that's affiliated with the Panthers and they were independent and I've been there. They're not independent anymore. This is the official independent brewery in South Florida. They're owned by local guys who employ people in this community to make their beer right here in South Florida. And they support us so we can keep bringing you that content. So we've got this one. This, is, of course, is the Miami Pale Ale, Tropical Bay IPA. And I got a ton of Marlins Lager in my fridge. You can find them at major retailers throughout South Florida. Go to BiscayneBayBrewing.com and call up the list. And they'll tell you where you can find their beer. They're in a bunch of Publixes, including uh, the one I can walk to here. But keep sending us the free stuff. All right, let's get to what we're going to do today. Floor's yours. This is a more interactive platform than we do on our podcast. Um, we brought in Clay tonight because we've got some topics that we've bounced around, but I want to bring in another voice on this. We're going to start very standard, and then I've got some kind of offbeat topics I want to get to. The first standard topic, as we're watching the Boston Celtics beating the Toronto Raptors again, possibly going to 7-0 and in the playoffs. I'll start here. Who has been the more impressive team in the bubble, Clay? Boston or Miami? Impressive, you mean the better team or the team that perhaps exceeded expectations? Who's just looked better to you? Boston. And and look, I what Miami has done against Milwaukee is is fantastic, and certainly what they did against Indiana. I, I do think there were some matchup things with this Milwaukee series that um, we thought coming into it were, uh, were going to play out. And what's funny is there have been some other things that have popped up that we weren't even expecting um, that, have, that have played out in Miami's favor. Like if you told me that Chris Middleton was going to have – uh, the great game that he did in game one and also step up a bit in game two like he did that that uh, I, I'd expect the, the Heat to be in trouble and they didn't. And yet, for me, I think once you saw the minutes restriction lifted off of Kemba Walker, I think you're starting to see what Boston can be. And, and I'll say this up front, um, 
I picked Boston and the Clippers to play in the finals heading into the playoffs. So, so maybe I'm what do they call it? affirmation bias, maybe playing into this a little bit. Um, but I've just been blown away by Boston. But look, Miami is a very, very close second. Um, and and I think with the Heat, what's impressed me the most has been kind of how that camaraderie that we saw throughout the regular season has has translated to the bubble. And and yet it also feels like that's that's lifting guys a bit. So it's not just, you know, and, and we talk about all the time, the culture, the guts. Um, but, but what I think you're starting to see play out is that there's something to that in that Tyler Hero at 19 and now 20 years old can come into this environment and do what he's doing. So it's very close for me, but I'm, I'm taking Boston at this point. Uh, Greg, where do you have it? And by the way, as we mentioned that, Dwayne Wade just decided to uh, find a tweet that I tweeted yesterday comparing his stats. You mentioned Tyler Hero through his first six games. <clears throat> I always get worried when I compare people to Dwayne that he's going to get pissed about me making the comparison, but apparently he did not in this case. I compared Dwayne's first six playoff games to Tyler's, and they match up pretty closely, and Dwayne just came up with the baby and goat emojis and yeah. tweeted it which is one of the reasons my connection is not great right now because my phone is, is blowing up with notifications. Let's go to you, Greg. Um, you typically uh, will take the Heat's perspective on this, but has Boston been better? Um, probably if I take my homer hat off, yes. But, I mean, Miami did just win two road games against the number one seed, <laughs> so I think that that's a pretty impressive feat in itself. Um, but, no, Bo- Boston has been unbelievable. I think a lot of us, if we were leaning in a direction other than Miami throughout this, it was Toronto. And to see them kind of handle Toronto, I'm looking up this way because that's where my TV screen is, um, it, Boston has been really impressive. Combine that with if there was ever a matchup that I think Heat fans – would want to avoid it's the point of attack stuff from Kemba it's the wings that 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 Boston has that are so prolific so ultimately I think we still got to give a slight edge to Boston but you know we haven't swept Milwaukee yet so that we have to play that into this as well yeah I know swept my Milwaukee you're already jumping ahead of that but Alex (laughs) do do you change because we just we talked a lot about Boston and our concerns about Boston but the Heat handled Boston in the bubble they they did play them directly without Jimmy Butler Right, right, and looked a lot better against them. And now there's no Gordon Hayward either. So, I, I mean, maybe I understand how well the Celtics are playing and Kemba being healthy, but I mean, do you feel better about it than you did? Oh, I mean, there's no doubt about it. You guys know how often I've just kind of been a little bit questioning the Heat as far as how far they can go in the playoffs because of the the defensive side, and they've just been an improved team on that. And there's no there's no other way about it. I mean. Not that they've been like, you know, it hasn't been a, a ginormous improvement, but what's really sustained is the execution throughout 48 minutes, right? Like they'll have mistakes just like any other team, but at the end of the day, they're committed to their game plan and they're executing it just about as sharp as you can, especially given the roster, right? As For as many good defenders they have, they have as many bad ones. And to be fair, they're not playing as many of those guys as they were before. But at the end of the day, I trust this team now more. I trust them with the switching defense. We, You know, it kind of gave us mixed results before the shutdown. But ever since the bubble came back, and particularly ever since the playoffs started, they've been sharp as hell. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, there hasn't been really any mistakes. And a lot of guys are not getting burned as much. I'm not really – Kendrick Nunn doesn't really stick out to me as much as maybe he did before, other than when Bledsoe was just taking him to the rim. But you know what I'm saying? I'm a lot more confident in this team's defense than it was before. And they're already playing a smaller – wing heavy perimeter rotation uh so they're not gonna have to adjust their game plan too much i think for the celtics if they do get them 
because right now they're now up six on the Raptors in the early third quarter. And this is going to be a theme throughout, but I think let's not give it to them just yet because the Raptors came back from down 0-2 last year, given with Kawhi Leonard. And, you know, the Bucks are a team that were pretty much uh, on pace to win 70 this year after winning 66 last year. So I don't want to get too ahead of ourselves yet, but my God, would I be so excited for a Heat Celtics conference final? And I'm, I'm, I'm all in on that idea for sure. And, and it doesn't appear that Hayward will be back because we were talking uh, four weeks. Oh, really? That, He's well, out like, well, it was supposed to be four weeks from there, and we're only a week out. And, and remember also he was waiting on the birth of his child, and there was a chance he was going to leave the bubble for that. So he's kind of trying to time those two things. If you've had a child, you know that's not the easiest thing to time some, uh, on some, in some cases. So uh, education reform, is that what he is, by the way? No, is he, what, what is he? Is Reaganomics? I'm not sure what. what, what All what, lives what, matter. No. He, it, it appears he's going to be out for, uh, for a little bit of time. All right, let's get to number two here. By the um, way, that will make them easier to defend. Watch, watch out for the zone to come back now that they have, like, so many non-shooters out there. What, we might see it for uh, at least a little bit. Yeah, until Marcus Smart goes off for 11 threes because uh, there's this weird thing where he's one of the worst shooters in the league and then he'll have one of those games. Oh, but that's the thing. He hasn't been – he has not been a bad shooter for the past, like, two seasons now. He, he's, he's like a crowder. He's like, he'll, he'll, hit you, he'll get you 35%. You know, well, Crowder's Crowder was getting 60 for a little while. And let's get to topic number two here. Uh, I want to get into the Bucks specifically <laughs> because I, I feel like uh, everybody is writing them off. You mentioned it. But even from a national media perspective, uh, Jason Whitlock has decided it's because they care too much about social justice. Uh, that's where he went today. Sorry for even mentioning that name. Uh, but everybody's coming up with excuses for them. And then this even started this battle today on Twitter between Richard Jefferson, Scottie Pippen, Jay Williams, and LeBron James with these tweets going back so and forth about who was Jordan and who was Pippen and Giannis needs a Pippen and Pippen was kind of like saying to Richard Jefferson, like, what did you do in your career? You know, Giannis has won two MVPs. Again, just kind of a strange situation. Um, does this Bucks team, in your view, I'll start, I'll start with you this time, Greg. Does this Bucks team, in your view, I don't know, have the guts, so to speak, to rally themselves, uh, you know, to make a series of this, or or is this just not a team that has that kind of championship medal? No, I think they're going to make a run. I think it would be foolish of us to just go heat and five, heat sweep. I I feel like there there's elements of the series that could play out that way so it's not like you can completely discount it. But they're a one seed for a reason. They have the best player in the league. Uh, statistically MVP wise. Uh, so you're going to get their best punch in the next game. The fact that they're not having to go down to the triple a for game three, obviously it, it helps them, I think in that regard, but um, I, I think that they still got a punch. So like that's ultimately when the game starts tomorrow, we're going to see their best punch. Cause it's like life on the line type stuff. And uh, if Miami withstands that and keeps it close, I think that the wind starts to come out of Milwaukee sales slowly, but surely. Alex, but what does that look like? What does Milwaukee's best punch look like at this stage? Cause I thought it was Chris Middleton going for 21 and a half. Uh, and apparently it was not that. Well, you see, I think the best punch has to do with kind of the whole team being more in sync. I think they've kind of had inconsistent performances from, you know, one through 10, whereas I think all season their bench is the most productive. And I'm not just talking about the bench here. We know that George Hill's back there, so that'll help. But at the end of the day, they defended at a way higher level 
in game two than they did in game one. I think that's kind of going to be the thing, whereas if they make just a couple adjustments, I'm not sure exactly what those are, and I'm not sure Budenholzer is going to make them. We know his reputation. <laughs> if just continue to defend hard, that's going to get them in transition. Even though the Heat are getting back every time, the Bucks getting out in transition is going to generate points and get the momentum because they're not generating momentum in the half court. They obviously got to make adjustments there as well. But even though they don't have a lot of snipers other than, let's say, Kyle Korver and I don't know who else you consider a sniper on the team other than like Middleton, I think they can get hot from three. And I think they need, you know, Giannis and Middleton to both have good games at the same time where I, like I don't think Giannis is bad in game one. But at the end of the day, like he was, he was a lot better in game two, and and you know they got a lot more points in the paint. It looked a lot more like the Bucks we saw all season. I think they're gonna, we're gonna see more of that. And frankly, I would not be surprised if this is a two-one series after game three. I think the Bucks are that good. And my, and like Leif said, if it's three zero, I'm not trying to doubt the team at all. It's, the Heat were not supposed to be doing this, and that's why I said this is monumental what they're doing. If they go up three zero, this is just. This might be unprecedented what they're doing right now, and maybe I'm too young to know. But this this feels unprecedented. Well, I mean, I mean, I, I think the big three only went six and zero through one playoff uh, run. So yeah. I, so it and, is pretty close to unprecedented, and then they weren't playing a team like Milwaukee. So, I mean, they were playing Milwaukee, but you know, they were playing <laughs> not this Milwaukee, not but this Milwaukee. Jennings. Yeah. Not, not, yeah. Not this Milwaukee. Um. So Clay, I mean, it does feel like everything has swung here to large degree where the heat are no longer kind of the cute darling team, but I mean, have become a team that I don't think a lot of people look at them and say, well, they're as good as Milwaukee. Uh, what, what would a Milwaukee punch look like to you? So We'll come back to Clay in a second because we're having uh, technical problems, which we never have on streams. Uh, but we're 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 doing just fine. All right, so let, let's let, we're going to bring Clay back in on that topic. Before we do, I want to tell you about another sponsor of the Five Reasons Sports Network, and that's my bookie. If you want to bet on this series the rest of the way, I actually think I think the, it flipped. I was looking at it today. I, I think the Heat are now favorites to win the series. They were plus three fifty. Before the series started, which not according to the bet that I made today on my bookie, by the way, promo code five on the floor. You did all right. So what? So what was what was the bet? Mike, Mike. Oh, I don't have the odds in front of me right now, but uh, I placed a bet earlier today where the Heat were still the the underdog, but it was a it was an exact series finish. So I don't know. I got to see the money line how it's looking. I I predicted on an exact series finish. That's Uh, easy money. Easy money. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you do the exact finish, I should have done the heat and six thing, but we'll see if it ends up being five or four. Uh, but winning season is returned in my bookie. Winning season means doubling your first deposit. It means survivor, super contests, and squares in my bookie. Winning season means hitting all your parlays and props with your feet up and watching your team trounce their rivals. Also, NFL season's coming back. So make, we think not a lot of talk about it because we've been talking so much NBA, but use the promo code five on the floor, spell it out F I V E on the floor and double your first deposit new players get up to a thousand bucks in free play designed to add more excitement to the sports you love and the games you bet and it's better than playing the stock market which uh if anybody does that this was not a particularly good day clay let's go back to you because you you froze on us fast i am dying i am dying at these comments i am dying at these comments these were fantastic they just called my internet siakam (laughs) playoff playoff they called it they called it coach bud what else did they call that was fantastic 
Oh, Clay Stockton. <laughs> Belage Wi-Fi. Oh, man. It, that's it, fantastic. It, it just well moved, done, guys. Keep it, it coming. It, the, the, the speed on it, it moves, uh, what is it, one inch at <laughs> a time, basically. Uh, Clay, uh, let's, let's get to it though, before it craps out again with that Seattle <laughs> Wi-Fi you got. We uh, should be good this time. I think I, I think I fixed it. What, what would a Bucks, Ethan, what would a, what would a Bucks quick, push? Ethan, by the way, to update on what you said. You're right. The Heat are now the favorite on my bookie just to win the to win the series. There you go. There you go. So go to my book. If you feel good about the Heat, you're not going to get the same odds that I got four days ago. Promo but, code five uh, on the floor. But you, you'll still do okay. All right. Uh, go for it, Clay. Uh, I thought we saw a punch in game two, and and Jay Crowder said it today that it, it felt like the intensity level, <laughs> Lou Dort's three point percentage, uh, that the intensity level was higher from the Bucks in game two, and. You know, I felt this way after game one. I thought the Heat really took um, the upper hand in this series by winning game one. I know it sounds so obvious, but especially when, when you have these chess matches come playoff time. And we've heard it so much that and, – and look, I'm not going to pretend to have watched all of the Atlanta Hawks playoff series when Budenholzer was the coach there and, and Milwaukee's series since he's been there. But when you hear about the lack of adjustments and then Miami goes out and wins game one, and they're the team forcing Milwaukee to adjust for game two. And then Milwaukee, and, and Bledsoe, I, I thought, played fairly well, especially early on. My question is, was that the punch? And, and I, look, nobody's saying that this is going to be a sweep, but I think if you're, if you're a Heat fan, this thing has played out a lot better than you could have imagined, especially when you look back to last year, and you mentioned earlier that the Raptors lost the first two games to Milwaukee. Well, wasn't that when the questions about Milwaukee's ability to make adjustments started to come in? So if you're the team that we think is better at adjusting, you're already up 2-0. Even if Milwaukee were to come out in game three and, and maybe you do more blood so isos, maybe you do something like that. Whatever that punch is, I, I feel like Miami's already seen one. And if they seen another, if they see another, they'll have a better counter. So I, I just felt like there were some moments in those last two games where uh, you know, it was kind of like uh, in, in Happy Gilmore. Oh, Happy learned how to putt. Oh, Miami might be the better team here. And and not just because of matchups, but they may actually be the better team. And when you get to that point where Milwaukee starts to doubt, then I think you got something if you're Miami. All right, let's get to the third topic here. Uh, the injury report came out this afternoon. Two Heat players are on it. Uh, the first one I think we expected, which was Andre Iguodala. He's listed as questionable. Uh, the second one is Kelly Olenek, which kind of came out of nowhere, also listed as questionable. Uh, my guess is Andre Iguodala does not play in game three. I, I, when you have an ankle sprain and you're expecting a deep playoff run, you're up 2-0 in a series. I think you give him two more days to rest, and I think you give DJJ his minutes after you know the way he kind of came back from the three early fouls. The Olenek thing is, though, to me, more concerning. He, he's harder to replace, I think, in the limited minutes that he plays. Um, what do we know about that, Greg? And, and I guess uh, if he doesn't play, does Myers Leonard get a few minutes in this series? Um, if Olenek doesn't play, I think they have to go with Myers. I think that there's just, there's parts of the way Milwaukee plays where you got to have another big. Did I freeze? No, you, well, you did, but I was laughing at the comment, which said that uh, Clay's internet is still faster than Brooke Lopez. It's it's, it's the play, it's the playoffs. I, I got I got to say, not not now, internet, um, like an injury, right? Um, so ultimately, uh, I lost my train of thought. Now, what 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 the heck were we talking about? We were talking about Olenek. What happens? So 
I actually think Iggy will be able to play tomorrow, but I think they may hold him out from a, for precautionary reasons. But if they needed him, he could play. But the way that his ankle rolled forward like that, it's not the best, um, particularly the day after. So uh, they may be careful there. Olenek, since this just popped up, I think it's probably pretty precautionary as well. You'll still see him. But they Myers Leonard may get this opportunity, and he's been waiting for it, even if it's just for nine minutes or something like that, to, to actually get the opportunity to continue contribute so uh this is this next man up thing and the fact that spo has uh talked about how the depth is a strength we're we're, we're going to potentially see it in game three clay are you concerned about iguodala missing time concerned uh, if if he's unable to come back anywhere near 100 because i think he was uh, obviously really impressive and a big reason why one of the many guys who's been able to to slow down Giannis. um but I, I'm with you guys. If if there is any sort of question about it, then game three, let him sit, let him get better. And and especially when you've got that 2-0 lead, um, there's just no reason to push it. The thing with Olenek that, that to me, I guess, is encouraging was there really wasn't any sign of it yesterday. It, it, it's a bruised knee, which you would think is, um, you know, you're not talking about ligament. I'm not going to pretend to be a doctor here, but if you're not talking about something structural, and you're in the playoffs, and, and this is what you played all year for. What are the my bookie odds? Clay's internet didn't go out again. That's phenomenal. About the same as I'm the gonna, Bucks' chances of winning Use the game. Use the code right. five on the floor. Use the code five on the floor. Um, yeah, I'm less concerned, and I agree with you. If you if you had to go without one for a game, then yeah, the Olympic one would be a bit more uh, concerning. But um, since it doesn't appear to be anything structural, my guess is they'll find a way for for him to give it a go. Uh, what, what do they do if Olenek does not play, Alex? I, oh, both of you. Either of you guys. Don't no, go ahead, Clay. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I don't want to see a lineup out there where you don't have a big man on Brook Lopez. Um, so I, I think if, if you've got a situation where Bam needs to guard Giannis or, or he's resting, then I think you got to go with Myers Leonard. Um, so, but again, I think the hope, at least for me and, and realizing this isn't structural, is that hopefully you're not, you're not dealing with that on Friday. Alex, you think they go single big? I mean, no big in some situations? Uh, at the five? It might be. I mean, I think it, we might see that just because Kelly hasn't played uh, that much. And maybe they do replace him with Myers minutes, which I don't hate that idea whatsoever. I think Myers can get some easy pick and pop threes just because of, again, the Brook Lopez drop and, you know, kind of limiting him to when Brook plays, just like you were doing with Kelly. I think that would work because all he has to do is hit some open threes. He doesn't really have to do much else other than set a decent screen. Uh, other than that, the Derek thing makes sense to me. I, like I said on the last pod, I, I like him better on the sides of that help defense that they're playing when they're loading up on Giannis more so than playing him one-on-one. But, uh, but yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they just shortened it and, you know, maybe they got a couple short stints, maybe even shorter than Kelly. Uh, I, I'm good with Myers playing, though. As, as long as it's a few minutes when Brooke Lopez plays. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Another one comes in that Clay's internet is as reliable as Giannis's free throw shooting. Uh, but by the way, what has happened with that? Because he was never great, but he's never been this bad. Like he he's, he's like heat white side levels now. And, I mean, and his mechanics are so bad, bro. It's like I mean, so inconsistent too. Right. He's all over the place. Um, you know, you know what like it looks like? It looks like he needs some Rob Fedor attention. I knew that was coming. I knew that was coming. That's why I knew I it was coming. <laughs> I, I, I set you up for that. All right, next next. By the way, I forgot yes. to say, they have not posted up Brooke Lopez yet at all. Like like yes. Clay was referring to, I wouldn't 
for the same reasons. Love to have a smaller guy like a Crowder or, or somebody else, a Derek Jones Jr. on him. Uh, but maybe Bud starts doing that. I don't see why he hasn't yet. It just seems really obvious because the Heat are Agreed. playing small. And even though Bam isn't guarding Giannis one-on-one, he might end up getting Brooke in the one-on-one matchup. Or he might get a Kelly Olenek, I mean, a, or a Myers Leonard or somebody not as strong as Bam at the same time. I think Brooke Lopez should be posting up anybody smaller than him that's Agreed. a non-Heat big whenever he's in the game. Even if the post-up isn't, you know, we, we talk about what, what – what shots are efficient and, and, and what are not. Like Brooke Lopez posting up a six seven <laughs> dude is an efficient shot. I don't care what anything says. And and the and the numbers will back that up. I'm sorry, laughing because uh, Ben 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 posted here that Lay benches Rob Fedora more than Rob Fedora's family does, uh, which is probably, probably true. <laughs> Put Clay's internet on Brooke. Yeah, that'll slow him down. Uh, that's for sure. All right, let's let's get to the next topic. It's a little off the series path here, but the This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you'd do if you had an extra hour in your day? Go for a run, take a nap, maybe check the stats of the latest Miami Heat game? I've got a better idea. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. I've benefited from therapy. I went through some life changes, major life events, had some difficulties, wasn't a believer in therapy, but it helped me and it can help you also. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Miami Heat today to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Miami Heat. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. There was some news. Um, Greg broke a couple days ago that Dan Craig was going to be interviewing with the Chicago Bulls uh, since others have confirmed that he got permission to do so. But then also uh, Miami Heat beat uh, reported that Dan Craig is interviewing with Indiana as well. So that's two teams in the central division. Um, and, you know, of course, two, two coaches have already left Spo's staff. I felt like nobody ever used to leave Riley's staff. He doesn't have much of a tree uh, compared to pop and some of the others, but we've already, you know, we've already seen David Fisdale go to Memphis and then New York. We saw Juwan Howard leave for the University of Michigan. In Juwan's uh, situation, that was a good decision. In uh, in Fizdale's case, it didn't turn out to be such a good decision, particularly the second decision. Um, I, I guess let's look at this from Dan Craig's perspective. I posted this on Twitter, and it ended up 50-50. I'm not saying he's the front runner for either job. There's I think Dan Tony's going to be a front runner for one of these jobs if Houston blows him out. Um, I still think Jeff Van Gundy could get in the mix somewhere. I think Nate McMillan could get in the mix, obviously not for Indiana, but somewhere else. We saw Ty Lue's going to Philadelphia. We're going to talk about the Nash uh, decision with Brooklyn today because I think that one is interesting. 
but there are still some coaches. And of course, Mark Jackson could get a look in Indiana because there's some history there. I would like to get him off my television. Sorry, Clay. I know, I know that's a partner. Um, but, but let, let's get to, let's get to Dan Craig. If you could take, if you had a choice, Chicago job, Indiana job, Clay, which do you take? Indiana. Indiana. I, I just think there are so many questions about Chicago and, and look, I love Zach Levine offensively, but man, you read about just how bad he is defensively. It's like, wow. Like, you, so you can kind of understand where um, the, the, some of the, of the players there isn't quite, um, you know, what the individual players would be. I don't know however you say that, but um, to me, you look at Indiana and I feel like, they're going to get something for Oladipo. They have to find him. Maybe it's from Miami. Maybe it's from somebody, um, you know, that's trying to keep maybe New York, somebody who's trying to, to lure him uh, and, and gain his, his attention before free agency starts next year. They're going to get something for Oladipo. That was a really good team, a really dangerous team. I thought when they had Sabonis healthy. Um, and I, I was really impressed with Malcolm Brogdon in that, that first round playoff series. And I know a lot of that was the fact that they were hunting matchups. And, um, but I, I think you see a guy right there that um, you, you can build around that nucleus. right. I, so I feel a little bit better about the nucleus that you've got right there than I think you would in Chicago. But, but, but the difference to me is uh, well, the bulls don't typically spend, but they are a big market. Indiana's yeah. not going to spend. That, that's it. Spend. Fair, fair point. That, that's fair point. It's such a weird thing because Indiana top to bottom is a better run organization. They draft really well. They've developed players, not to the level of Toronto, Miami, and San Antonio, but there's been guys that have came up through that system, like a Danny Granger. That's a 17th pick or something like that. That turns into an all-star. So they've shown the propensity to be able to, yeah, Paul George is the 10th pick where Chicago is kind of, um, fumbled a bunch of those bags. So, but this is the issue with Indiana is that if you go there, you know, you have, spending constraints and they're just there they're not going to pay the tax they're going to be profitable so uh you have to weigh that part of it as well the the interesting thing is dan craig's going to be really selective in where he goes um it's it's also going to have a lot to do with what kind of staff he can bring to both situations i think there's a couple things that he would need to be successful in my opinion and one is he's going to need a guy on his bench that can connect to the players and connect to the locker room uh kind of like a juan or a Fizdale or a Malik Allen type player, maybe a former player, quite frankly. Um, so uh, I've heard that he's, um, you know, that there's been talk of what a staff would look like, which tells me that things could get relatively serious. But, uh, you know, his focus is on the heat right now, and I wouldn't expect much to materialize at this moment. Uh, which, uh, let, let me, well, first, which job would you take, Alex? And then I want to follow the co- coaching conversation here a little bit. Honestly, that's tough. But at the end of the day, I think the, the ownership gives the, the nudge to Indiana, like Leif said. Uh, and Sorry, Greg. I know I'm supposed to say Greg now. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I think the Pacers have definitely been a more stable franchise, at least for the past 20 years. And I, I just think they've got more going for them in, in the, you know, in the now. And I think he can make, you know, they can, he can be the coach of a winning team right away. Whereas like, it's going to suck to see him get fired when the bulls are still the 11th seed next season. And, you know, they give up on somebody a year or two in just like every bad organization does. So I do like the Pacers thing. And honestly, the best part about this, what I really wanted to add to this conversation is that Dan Dockage has to eat it. If Dan Craig is the head coach <laughs> for the Indiana Pacers, he has I to really eat it. I got it. I got to text the Dotto on that one. Yeah, that's uh, that. Yeah, that's no, that's a really good point. But I, but here's the thing about it. And all the Pacers fans, by the way. 
Well, he won't take a bad job because because uh, <laughs> they they tried to steer Fizdale not away from Memphis. Spo worked with him on that, but away from the Knicks afterwards. And you know he took it anyway. Dan Craig has been around too long, been around Spo too long, and understands what are good organizations and what are not. Um, I, I do think the stability in Indiana. I do wonder though. Chicago is is nuggeting up their organization. They brought in the Nuggets assistant GM, uh, who found a lot of pieces with Denver. I I feel like you know getting Paxson and Gar you know Gar Foreman out of the way. Yeah, it sells a new vision. Yeah, that's true. You know, and it is a bigger market, although it's it's really high profile. Like if you want to learn as a young coach, like Chicago may not be the place to do it. Um, (laughs) I, I mean, it might be better in Indiana. I want to transition, though, a little bit. Uh, cause let's talk about coaches uh, around the league now. Uh, the Nash hire in Brooklyn. Um, I know that the easy place to go here for a lot of people was, you know, honestly, why is a white coach who has never coached at any level? I mean, he was part of the Golden State organization, but kind of on the fringe of it, right? Uh, getting an opportunity, you know, when we're not seeing black coaches get an opportunity. And then it was pointed out, Isaiah Thomas went straight to a head coaching job. Jason Kidd went straight to a head coaching job. So it has Derek happened. Fisher. Derek Fisher. Ty Lue was an assistant for a little while. Derek Fisher obviously didn't work out. Um, so it has happened before. I mean, I, I'm i going to acknowledge I'm a huge Steve Nash fan. I mean, just as a player, but also as a person, my interactions with him. Um, I, I think he gets it. I think he would understand the New York market. To me, he's kind of what Kerr would have been in New York if Kerr had taken the Knicks job, which he didn't take. Um, I think he would – I think – he will play well there. But with that being said, that team has championship aspirations from the jump. Clay, what did you think of the decision? Well, obviously you, you step back and say, wow, first time head coach going into that position. And yet league. And I'll be honest. I did not know how strong the relationship was with Kevin Durant and Steve Nash. And, you know, the one thing that I think you can say about, both Durant and Kyrie Irving is there have been some unsettled waters where they've gone. And, and so my guess is, and this is without knowing the ins and outs of, of what was going on in the conversation, you can bet that both Durant and Kyrie Irving signed off on this. Correct. So if both of those guys were on board with this move, then you make it. And, and look, as, as we were saying with a, a Dan Craig staff for, for different reasons, uh, you need to have a really good staff around him, and I'm sure they will. Um, but I, I thought the most important thing when you're making that hire is make sure that you win the room with those two guys, with Durant and Kyrie. And, and if you do that, then um, you've already won more than half the battle. Well, they did make Jock Vaughn the highest paid assistant in the league, just like uh, they made Lawrence Frank the highest paid assistant in the league when they brought in Jason Kidd. And then there was backstabbing that went on there, and, Kidd and we remember, we remember Jason Kidd was the was like the shadow coach, right? That's basically what he was referred to as by by media at that time. That yep. he was the one running, calling the plays. The one thing I'll say about this is that it's weird. I mean, I'm glad for Jack Vaughn that he got paid, and you know, he's getting paid more or whatever. But it is it is kind of a weird look to have him be the head coach and just kind of demote him for somebody who has no coaching experience whatsoever. Yeah, he's around the Warriors, I I, I just think. Objectively, that's a weird look. I'm not against it because I do think, like, I'm sure, Ethan, you can attest to this, is that talent management is kind of a huge part of that situation when you have to manage the kind of the egos of Katie and Kyrie. And I'm not, like, trying to talk down on them or their personalities, but they have to be backed by those guys and respected by those guys. And uh, Kevin Arnovitz today on the Low Post said that Steve Nash is kind of like the, the perfect symbol 
for how this era started. Like he's kind of like the pioneer. That's a good the, point. And uh, let's see if that translates. That you know that makes you think that they're gonna they're gonna run something, you know, similar. Maybe you know a lot of threes, well, a lot of up and down. Right. We, we, that's assuming we don't really know, but uh, right. Let, let's see if it pans out. I just think it's a it's definitely a weird look. Yeah, I, I do. I do think what's interesting about it too, beyond that, is that I, I think somebody made the point that if they could have hired D'Antoni, they probably would have. But this is like starting over with a guy who has you know no baggage, uh, unlike unlike Mike. And remember, Kerr is a D'Antoni disciple in some ways. Also, um, he's also a Pop disciple and a Phil Jackson disciple. But there's some similarities there. So I, you know, Durant's already played in that system a little bit. I I I, I do think Nash is the right guy for this. But you're right. The optics of Jock Vaughn and that team playing so hard for him, and it's like, okay, we're gonna pay you, but we don't trust you. Yeah, that's the thing. He has such good feedback yeah. from his players. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, all right, I want I want to get to something else though, tied to that. So I'm only gonna let you pick one. Only let you pick one. The most dangerous with the Heat's ascent currently and where they're positioned. The most dangerous rival to them in the Eastern Conference over the next two to three years is. Greg. Oh, man. Uh, I'm actually going to go Boston. Um, I think that what what we're seeing from them is more of what we're going to see. Every one of their key contributors are in, either in their prime or just about to go on the downturn. So, so that that would be the team. But there's another there's another race at hand that I I would be it would be remiss if I didn't mention it. And that's oh, yeah. Toronto and Miami for the rights to Giannis and, yeah. and how say. that plays out and the optics surrounding that. So that's the other one. Sorry, I got to get two in. <laughs> Well, we'll get to that next. I was saving that for the end, but that's all right. So you're picking Boston. Uh, I, I mean, Kemba's a guy who I think is on the back end of his prime. I, I wonder how Kemba's body's going to hold up as he gets closer to his 30s. But, I mean, Clay, who would you choose? Well, I, I was going to take Boston, and yet if you're talking biggest threat, and I'm going to go where, where Greg was going with this, I'm going to say Toronto because if Giannis doesn't come to Miami, he's going to Toronto based on everything we're hearing right now. And let's just assume that he goes to Toronto. Not only is he making the Raptors better in the long term, but he's taking away the guy that could bring the heat back to that transcendent level. And and look, I think they're going to compete as long as Jimmy and and Bam are here because you're going to surround them with the right players and the organization is so strong. But the Raptors are a threat in that if they get Giannis, they're keeping him away. Uh-oh, we've got that Caleb Bellage internet again. All right, go to you, Alex. He's, he's coming back. Uh, who do you have? So I wanted to say something similar to what you guys were saying before about because that's all that really came to my head because I think it's just so monumental, right? If there is a chance that he leaves, that he goes to one of those two teams, if that's really true, that they're the front runners, like you just have to put him there. But at the end of the day, first of all, by the way, a side note, that tells me that he maybe wouldn't be against uh, joining a team that eliminated him from the playoffs considering we're talking about the Raptors and now the Heat. But uh, what I really was going to say here that since I'm not picking Toronto, I'm going to go with Brooklyn. I'm not 100% sure how the Steve Nash thing is going to go, but I trust that they'll be able to find a good enough staff where it's not just on him to do everything. But, uh, but yeah, man, I think KD is going to be, you know, I don't know if he'll be 100%. I think they'll be right back in there. I think they're going to be a great team. Laverde and Dinwiddie are very good. They've got Joe Harris. They've just got a, a pretty deep team once you look at it when they're healthy. Wow. And maybe they make trades. Maybe they don't. I think it's going to be Brooklyn in the short term. 
You know, you raised something, a good point, because the two things that plague Miami is point of attack defense. Kyrie will tear your ass up. And then Kevin Durant's that long rangy wing that like everybody has trouble with, but particularly like when we're, when we flinch at the Tatum matchup, it's Sean wins. That on Sean wins. So. Sorry, not to interrupt you. Sean wins. Al <laughs> no, Golden all good. installed my internet. Al <laughs> While wearing an orange tie. He did. Uh, clean 11 internet. You got John Sorry. Internet. Okay. Sorry, Greg. You were making a great point. I didn't mean to no, no, no. Okay. I needed to be the jokes are better. <laughs> Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> got that Sixers internet rolling. Uh, that's right. It's a process. It's a process. That's you're, right. you're, but you know what, none of us are mentioning the Sixers. By the way, I'm going with Brooklyn. Also, and I'm going with the Brooklyn Sixers. because because of the pieces that they have and I trust I think their GM's good. I think Sean Marks is good. He put them in this position. Remember where they were a few years ago when he took over this that mess and he had to clean it up and he didn't do it the way that the Sixers did it by gutting the team and trying to, you know, they they actually tried to build a quote-unquote culture there, which I think they had to a certain degree with Atkinson and then obviously they got to rebuild it. But I think the the other key point is they have movable pieces. That's true. Like, like, Levert, if they decide, look, we have enough scoring, we've got enough backcourt punch, we want to move Karis Levert, they will get something for Karis Levert, okay? If they decide that they want to move Spencer Dinwiddie, they will get something for Spencer Dinwiddie. If By I'm the way, they're behind They're behind Levert. Apparently, KD is cool with him. And But what uh, about Spencer? I, I saw Dinwiddie, Spencer? Dinwiddie called him the third star to I, yesterday, I think it was. I, I know, and Spencer's very active on Twitter, but, I mean, I, to me, they got to re-sign Joe Harris because – no he doubt. Gives them something, no doubt. He gives yeah. them something different than the rest of the group. Gives He's there, Duncan. Right, and, and so I, I and plus I'm a, I'm a big fan of his just personally and his story. He's got a very similar kind of Duncan-like story to a certain degree. Um, all right, let's get to the next one. And, and yes, keep the internet comments coming about Clay as long as he can stay on here with us. Uh, want want to get to <laughs> Clay. Clay has no internet at home. He's using the hotspot from his phone. Are they not paying you at Channel 10? No, it's weird. Here? It just started today, and I stream. Uh, I mean, this is where I stream from. I'm right next to the router, and it works beautifully. And then today, for some reason, it started. So I blame my kids. They've been watching uh, too much, too many uh, Muppet Babies episodes. and uh, So blame the kids. When in doubt, blame the kids. This is the – I just – you just really, like, discovered something here. I think this is the unintended consequence from all the TV stuff moving towards streaming services is that now we're yeah. all streaming in the household, and everybody's like, damn it, this internet is so – Seriously. get like that at points for Seriously. sure. Seriously. When everybody's using it. And I think Ethan's froze. Is that am I am I seeing that right? Is Ethan froze? That's right? what I see. Yeah. See, that's yeah. from everybody making fun of me. That's what you get. Al Golden yeah, right? came to Ethan's house now. Yeah, Ethan definitely has his fair share of uh, technical problems. I, I can I can personally attest to that. <laughs> ben, I gotta go. I gotta take the dime and put it in uh, in the coin slot. Ben Ben said I've got coin slotted or that. Oh yeah, yeah. There so, you go, Kermit. Um, so next man uh, up on the hosting. Next man up. Who's that? Who's that? Who, who takes the reins from here? Well, look. I know Ethan. The, I, I don't know what his topic list is, but I know he did say that he wanted to get to the whole. He wanted to keep talking about. Uh, you know, the whole Giannis to the Heat thing, and you know, especially with the, the reports that have come out recently. Okay, there we go. There you, we go. You're back, you're back up. I'm, I'm, I'm back up. Maybe it was me last time. I'm not really sure. I, I moved to a different place in, in my condo. Um, all right, so so let's get to, let's get to the last topic here. Um, we're going to go back to AOL dial-up next time. We'll see how that works. Uh, the l- last thing I wanted to get to, I threw this topic out. Um, 
thing in my head. Ethan was laughing and thought of snap. There you go. Uh, let's get to the last one. And I don't want to devote a whole pod to this. I want to put you guys on the spot. I threw this out there on Twitter the other day. Is Goran Dragic a top 10 player in Miami Heat history? Clay, I want you to do this now, top of your head. You'll get to three before the internet craps out. So you'll get somewhere around Shaq. Yeah, so, I mean, and we're talking about totality of career, right? So, um, with Miami, with Miami, oh, so just not, with not Miami? Else. Well, I, I mean, Miami. Look, yeah, you, you got to still put LeBron and Shaq on there, and then obviously Dwayne Wade is number one, so there's three. Um, you know, Tim Hardaway, Alonzo Mourning, so you're at five. Um, you know, where do you where do you put, I mean, Glenn Rice, obvious one. Um, I mean, do you put Chris, Chris Bosh sure? has to be ahead right, of him, right? Wait, 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 wait. Where, am oh, I hold on, Clay. I'm going to slow you again. No, no, no. I'm going to slow you down. We're going to, I'm going to write this down. Okay. Cause I don't know about Glenn. Okay. Uh, right, let, let, let's go ahead. You've, you, you've got Wade, you've got LeBron, you've got Shaq. I'm assuming yep. Zoe's on there somewhere. Yeah. Yep. CB, CB. Okay. Chris, CB. Tim Hardaway, uh, Timmy. Okay. Yep. Well, I feel, I feel so like that's... I said somebody. Did. So Shaq, that's six. Did we say Shaq? Yeah. And Shaq. Okay. We're at six. All right. Uh, is Steve Smith on there? Over Goran? No. Man. Yeah. No. I don't think so either. Miami. I, I yeah. think you can comfortably add Glenn Rice. Yeah. I, I put Glenn Rice on there. And, and yet, I, I think at that point, you're, you're <laughs> Dexter Pittman. At that point, you're at least getting to a level where it's debatable. And, and if you're at eight and it's debatable, then I think you can say he's top 10. Yeah. Now it's Greg, Jimmy, Bam, Jimmy Bam. Jimmy Bam. And a Gorn, and there, there's your guys right there. Boom. Yeah, down. yeah, yeah, yeah. Duncan Robinson. So, well, hold on, hold on, hold on a second. So, so you would have you. So, Greg, if I'm if I'm getting this straight from you, Wade, LeBron, Shaq, Zoe, Bosh, Hardaway, Rice, Butler, Bam, Goron. Oh man, but we forgot UD. <laughs> U, UD is just he he's just an extra on the list, right? Um, but yeah, no, I think that that's probably it. Where, where, who am I missing? Did Mash have a better Heat career than Goron? No, no, he did not. I don't think so. Did PJ Brown? No. Okay. Um, did anybody from the post-LeBron era, between that era and uh, Butler Bam? I mean, Goron would be the only one, right? That 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 era never happened. Hassan Whiteside, definitely. Hassan, De- um, don't make it. By the way, did you guys see Ter- Tyler Johnson's tweet? Did you guys see? Yeah, that? I yeah. think he thought he was on his burner account. I think so. What? If, if people if people didn't oh see my that, God. If, if people didn't see the Tyler Johnson tweet, someone t- was it with that CPO tweet stuff or something? I've seen yeah, Chris Posada. Okay, he tweeted, long time he Twitter resident. Yeah, he, he tweeted something to the effect of, uh, you know, that they've basically come through a river of shit, right? Like sort of, sort of like Shawshank Redemption. Named you know, five names from that post uh, LeBron area you're talking about and how they moved past that within a year or whatever. Tyler Whiteside, etc. Uh, and Tyler decided to challenge him by tweeting back from the real T Johnson. Uh, he's he tweeted back about. Uh, him and James Johnson, you know, leading the league in bench scoring and all the rest. No, you got to say specific. it like he did. He 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 said it in uh, what do you call it? Like he did said he his third name. Person. Yes, he went third yes. person. Oh man, that's <laughs> that, he did it twice man. in the same tweet, by the way. Oh, yeah, man, yep. So so like either 
and neither of these are good options. Either he was on his own account and intentionally going third person, or he was accidentally not using his burner. Yeah. Like, you know, either, either, neither one of those yeah. is a good option. He didn't say anything about Dion. That's true. He did. You're right. He didn't mention Dion at all. Oh, my God. Are, are we missing somebody here, though? Because I feel like we're missing somebody. I mean, I mean, maybe Ronnie Cycli for his historical contributions, you would add him in the conversation. Brian Grant, maybe, because, I mean, Anthony Mason made an all-star team. I'm, I'm digging deep here. I, I, how, about, how about Eddie Jones? He deserves to be mentioned, but he came up short. He didn't live up to his contract, and ultimately they proved, like, they thought he didn't have enough. That's why he went to Memphis. Um, so... I think we're kind of narrowed down here. This is it. I mean, Ray Allen for the shot maybe gets a mention. I saw someone uh, say no. Gary Payton. We're, we don't mean like best career players that we're talking about while when they were in Miami. Right, right. And, and here's the other thing, guys. I, I am a big proponent of bumping guys up based on what they do in the clutch and what they do in the postseason. And, you know, like I, I'm a guy that I, I think Robert Ori is incredibly underappreciated. You know, and, and I know if you're an NBA fan, like, you know the big moments, even if you're a fringe fan, but like what he did in big moments and and how good he would have been in today's NBA, um, I think he's underappreciated. And so I say all that because I feel like what Goron has done in these six games and, you know, hopefully they go on and, and finish off this series and it means even more, but I feel like this has catapulted him. Whereas maybe he was on the fringe before he's there now because of what he's done in the playoffs this time. I feel like he's erased um, anything that was talked about negatively about him earlier in his career, because th there were moments we used to talk a lot about how he would kind of retreat to the corner with the ball in Dwayne's hands and he's changed the narrative a lot. This one comes in Anthony Carter's agent. That is a good uh, one. That, he that, knows his history. <laughs> As was Gerald Green's Flocka dealer. Um, that one would come in. Uh, oh. there's, there's a lot we could go to, Joel Anthony. But, yeah, I mean, I, I think that Goran has changed the narrative on himself, and, and I think he knows about the narrative. I've gotten the impression, as defiant as he is, that he's believed he could have done this all along. And it's just that he's gotten the opportunity now that changes things. All right, let's close here while we still have Clay. And again, um, Clay, I want to give you an opportunity to talk about the pregame show that you guys are going to be doing here uh, over the weekend. Uh, let's get to game three, though. Quick picks. Quick picks. Alex. Bucks. I, I, I feel it. I feel it. They're not going to go down 3-0. It just seems too good to be true. I think 2-0 is, is great. It's phenomenal. Uh, I think the Bucks are going to squeeze out game three. Greg? Um, let's go heat by Duncan Robinson's uniform number. <laughs> Clay. And I'm going to go bucks just because I picked the bucks to win each of the, the first. first ones I you know what? His first internet crapped out before he could say it. <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't count. It doesn't count. He's bucks, bucks, bucks. Uh, It'll be too long. came on here to promote what he's doing this weekend. His internet's not going to let him. Uh, I, uh, I kind of like the Bucks in this one too. Again, I, I picked the Heat in six. Um, I, I think it could be five now, but I'm going to stay consistent on that. I, I do think that uh, they're. Although I do think in some ways that the Bucks have shown their best at times in this series. I feel like um, there's going to be one game that the Heat don't shoot particularly well. Uh, maybe it comes up in game three. And, and, I, and I also think that if Olenek is not playing and Iguodala is not playing, it does change the rotation 
quite a bit. I mean, you were going to plug DJJ in for one of them, not both of them. And, and you're also more reliant on Kendrick Nunn to give you good minutes. So I, I think the Heat lose game three, they win game four, they take a commanding 3-1 lead in the series. Clay, what do you got going on this weekend? 2.30 on Sunday afternoon, we got our, our countdown to tip-off show. Wow. Is your phone okay? Man. I hope that was like one of those old school phones where you can just – was that like a flip phone or something? I hope that's not an iPhone. Um, got to get the insurance claim in. 2.30 Sunday afternoon, we're going to do our countdown to tip-off show ahead of game four. And it's not just getting you ready for game four, but we're kind of look, looking back at the season wow. and some of the more fun moments. Because I feel like – and you guys were here for the Harlem Shake team. I got here during – towards the end of the big three run. To me – this is the most fun Heat team that I've been around. And frankly, I think it's the most fun South Florida sports team since I got here um, in, in 2014. So uh, I, I want to look back and look at some of these fun moments and kind of relive this season because I feel like when you put it all together, you you start to see kind of the how this team was so enjoyable early on and how that bond even got better as the season went on. Yeah, I, I think we're going to have to do another episode, Greg. It's Sounds awesome about yeah and i think we're gonna have to do another episode so maybe we'll use some of what clay does here uh this weekend about where this team ranks because we did one of those episodes about where this one ranks in heat history and it's moved ahead yeah, of a we gotta scrap that we have to we have more to talk about <laughs> it, it's moved ahead. and by the way my phone is resilient so it's just, good. Just like the heat. good my phone is resilient i'm fine clay thanks for joining us uh clay ferraro from channel 10 thank your internet for joining us uh, whenever it arrives uh, so let us I'm gonna know. go. I'm gonna go uh, escort Al Golden out the building now. Since he's, uh, <laughs> that that, he's that a- was the best one. Follow Tropical Blanket. Follow Greg Sylvander. Uh We will be back with a live stream tomorrow night. I, should I let Alf host it? Even if I'm on, I'm thinking about. I that. vote yes. I vote yes. Ethan, uh, you got to think about it like Don't this. fix it. Think about the adjustments Bo made for the playoffs, right? He started Goron, took pressure off of Jimmy to run everything. And I think you got to think about it in that same light, man. Take Al from running the bench unit and let him let him take some pressure off of you so you can be the scorer, man. I'll, I'll score. I'm going to play off the ball. Um, I, I think you know Al is going to get his in regardless. I will think I'll do that. Plus, Al will be wasted tomorrow. I mean, it's a Friday. I mean, he will be wasted by that time. So I mean, you're yeah. talking about putting out a quality product for the people. There's no better way to do it. All right, we'll do that. All right, check us out on Dash Radio. Again, nothing but net channel every day, 10 to 11. Usually the production will sound better than this. Thanks, Clay. Thanks, Greg. Thanks, Alex. And I I don't even want to read that last comment. Good night. (laughs) Thank you for listening to The Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois.